Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras, episode number 121. And in this episode, we are going to talk to my friend, Judy Kleiss. And Judy is actually one of the very first Run Your First 50K group members. So I started this program way back at the beginning of January of 2022. And Judy was one of the very first people to apply and to join. We talk about that a little bit in the podcast. And so I'm so excited to have her on to talk about her first 50K experience. And I'm especially excited for her to come on because she actually started running a little bit later in life. And I know that there are many of you out there who are kind of like me and like Judy, who didn't pick up running until a little bit later. I mean, my later wasn't as late as Judy's later, but (laughs) I think it's like a very common theme for us to pick this up and to be interested in ultra running as we move into 30s, 40s, 50s, and even 60s. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Judy has a bunch of things happen to her during her 50K training that I want you to hear and hear about and like hear how she overcame because it's just a testament to the fact, just like Lindsay said in the previous uh, episode, if she can do it, then you can do it. If Judy can do it, then you guys can do it too. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Judy Kleiss. Okay, so the reason I started running was I didn't think I would like it. And I used to see a lot of people run in my neighborhood and I honestly just thought they were crazy. And I thought, why in the world do people do this? And I had a friend who lived with me for a short time and she was a runner and she would go out for runs and I would just, you know, like in my mind, make fun of her. I didn't like make fun of her to her face, but I would ask her, why do you run? And she just told me, you know, it was a a good mental health release and just for the physical aspects for her body to be healthy. But I just thought there's no way that I'm going to do that. But then people all the time, because I have a slender build, would just assume that I was a runner. And so I would be told all the time, oh, you must be a runner. I was like, no, I do not run at all. I have zero interest in that. And then there just came a point one day where I don't even know why I started but I just went out for a run in my neighborhood. I was like, I'm just going to run a couple blocks and see how I feel. I was like, oh. It wasn't that bad. I kind of <laughs> actually liked that. But I'm like, it's yeah, but it's probably not going to stick. I'm probably not going to keep doing it. But then I did it again, like two days later. And at that mm. point, I was in a stressful relationship. And I would have these interactions with with my boyfriend. And then I would feel so stressed out. And I found that, oh, I'd just go for a run. And then it was like, oh, that just kind of like calmed everything down. So then it became this realization of it really helps mm. mental health wise of, of that. And so that's what through the years I just discovered that it really helped me in that way. And then because I live in Michigan, we don't have much sun at all, especially in the winter. Mm. And so I would have seasonal depression and I first started I took a or did a training program that was a like for doing a half marathon and that was in the winter it starts in January and so oh, run camp it's called run camp and 
with that, and that was just to challenge myself to go further than that little bit that I was doing on my little runs. And because I was getting out in the wintertime, which normally I just dread the winter, I was getting out, I was running, I was being active. It just took care of it, like made it so that I don't mind winter. It's still not my favorite, but I don't mind it. <laughs> and then I just also, like, I didn't have any problems with the seasonal depression any longer. And so that was like a huge cue to me of this is something that I really would like to continue as I go through life just to, to help me if I continue to live in Michigan. <laughs> so that definitely was the motivator was just the mental health aspects. And I did move to Uganda for two years and met my daughter there. And during that time, because it's on the equator and it was so hot, I didn't run at all while I lived there, but we had sun constantly. So like, well, I don't necessarily need the mental health (laughs) break as much there for seasonal stuff. And so it was, but then when I came back to Michigan, I was like, yeah, I have to pick this up again. <laughs> you sort of swapped one for the other when you were in Uganda, right? Yeah. Sunshine for running. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's much, yeah, much nicer to have this. I mean, I like the sunshine, but if I can have the running, I'll have the running. <laughs> yeah. So just for context, like how, uh, when did you start running? Did you start early? Did you start later in life? Like how old were you, if you don't mind sharing? I was later in in my late 30s, Hmm. so it was probably 36, 37, because that was was around when I moved to Uganda, so it was probably two, well, so maybe it was two years before that, so I was probably 35 when I started running, just that casual running at home, and then, then moved to Uganda, and then once we came to the U.S., I really didn't run with her that much or with being a mom, I didn't run that much because Mm -hmm. it was harder with having a small child, but Mm -hmm. I did enroll in that run camp again, recognizing that, Hey, I'm coming back after two years of no seasonal depression back to Michigan, where I'm probably going to have it again. I really need to do this. So I did start, I did do the run camp again that first year we, we were back in Michigan, but then it just became so hard to coordinate the schedule of getting the runs in with the Mm -hmm. family aspects of finding somebody to take care of my child while I'm running. And so I didn't finish out the program, but, and that's where I just had to make that decision of Hmm. the work-life balance. Yeah. So just for context, did you do, because you mentioned that you did run camp before you went to Uganda, did you do the half marathon before you moved? The first run camp that I finished, I did not end up running the half marathon. Because I got sick two weeks two weeks before the half marathon, and then it was going to be one week after that when I moved mm-hmm. to Uganda. So I made the choice of I'm not even going to run the half. I'm just going to be content with the fact that I finished the program. I actually ran 13 miles in that training program. But uh, did not run it, and I was so I was totally content with that. And yeah, because it, for me, it was never about completing the half marathon. It was more about completing the training and just seeing if I could push myself and mm-hmm. go further than what I had been doing on my own. So, 
that was really- yeah, and that was like a strategic decision on your part too, because if you were sick while traveling and then going moving to a new country, yes, right, like that's probably setting yourself up for <laughs> maybe a little bit of a disaster. So going in and yes. you know being healthy was probably the smarter decision. Yes, at that point I was very glad that I, I mean I didn't, wasn't glad that I was unhealthy, enough, but I was glad that I made that choice of not running it and, and pushing myself further. Yeah. Yeah. So you spent two, how long? Two years in Uganda? Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. What did you do when you were there? I was a missionary and I worked at a children's in an orphanage. So I was at a baby's home and we had infants zero to five years old. And so I was a business administrator and took care of like the bookkeeping and uh, just maintenance around the orphanage. And then when I would get bored with receipts, I would just go play with babies. <laughs> And hold babies and love babies. And so enjoyed that very much. And and that was a year into it that I met my daughter. So I didn't go there intending to become a mom, <laughs> but I became a mom. And so she moved in with me and then it took about a year to get everything done before we could come to the United States. And so then we moved back or we moved here. And did you know anybody when you went to Uganda? You just went, went by yourself? No, I did not know anybody. I had gone for a two week trip a couple months before that. And so that's how I initially got connected to the orphanage that I worked at. And that's when I learned that they were looking for a business administrator. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I was at a point in my life where a, a bunch of things had fallen out of my life, including a job. Ah, yep. <laughs> so it was, it was just a great opportunity to, you know, something that's always been on my heart is, is orphan care, which I did forget to say when I was talking about who I am, I am a social worker and I do adoptions. So that's where orphan care has always been on my heart and being able to go in and work at an orphanage was, was very meaningful for me. And I just loved, I loved being there and loved helping with, with all the little ones. So that's so amazing. So how old was your daughter when you adopted her? She was three years old when we met. So cute. Yeah. And so she's 16 now. Holy and, cow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So 13 years and yep, a lot of changes for her. And we've, we've gone back a couple times to visit. We went back when she was nine. So we moved to the U.S. when she was four, met when she was three, moved to the U.S. when she was four. We went back when she was nine. And then we just went back again this year for her 16th birthday. Oh, and amazing. Visit. And so, and it was on that trip that I hired a running coach to be able to, or a running guide who, who mm -hmm. took me on a run through the mountains. And so that was a lot of fun to be able to do that. And like, who else as a tourist <laughs> goes and, and does running things? So as, when I found out that the place that we were looking at for just like a little weekend away had a running guide, I was like, this is the place. <laughs> we're absolutely going here and I'm going to hire this guy. <laughs> That's awesome. So did he take you on like a, a specific route or did you just sort of like choose or what did you get to do? He took me on a route that he, he goes on. And so it's, some of it was roads, which in Uganda is not necessarily what we would consider roads here. That it was a lot of, there's a lot of hard packed dirt roads. And so I, I was like, yeah, so it basically was a trail run. <laughs> On, on very hard packed dirt roads, but a lot of elevation because it was up in the mountains. And so I was not used to that. So that was trickier for me. 
the temperature there, he came all bundled up like in the morning because it was an early morning run and he came bundled up completely long gear, everything. And here I was in shorts and a t-shirt and he just looked at me. He was like, oh, you're going to be so cold. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, no. like what was the temperature? It was probably 60 and which is cold for Uganda because down at when you're not in the mountains, it's usually in the 80s to 90s. So for there, it was considered cold. For me, I had come from Michigan where it was 20. So I was like, 60 degrees, this is wonderful. So I, I brought all this heavy gear because my friends were telling me, oh, it's colder right now. You know, we, we got to bundle up. I never needed any of that. <laughs> it was so hot. And then we went up and, and did that that trip the weekend up in the mountains the area where there's beautiful waterfalls and so we did hiking with that as well i was like yeah I, awesome. I do not need a coat i do not need extra like any of this like, i just need the sunscreen and <laughs> that's awesome yeah. that's awesome so you come back from uganda you enroll in the uh running program again like the run coach program run camp sorry run camp uh-huh. and so do you go through and do the half marathon this time around i didn't because i ended up not finishing out the training program just because it was so hard to do the all the the runs that i needed and at that point then i realized like i did I did the weekly runs with the group and I did enough that it got me through the seasonal aspect of it. And then I just felt like, no, I need to be able to give my time to my daughter. And so I didn't, I didn't do it then. And that was, so that was kind of when I stopped running. Like, I don't even remember necessarily. It wasn't like I made a choice. I'm just going to stop running. It was more of Hmm. everything of life kind of got in the way and it just fell off my radar as this is not really something I want to do. It sounded nuts for me to think about even running a half marathon or anything mm-hmm. beyond that. Like that was just never on my radar whatsoever. And so it just kind of, like, it just was not a thing for me for a long time. Yeah. And then it was several years ago, I ended up, I don't know, probably eight years or so, I ended up having an injury from an SI, like my SI stuff Mm -hmm. happened. And so I'm trying to remember now, I must have tried to run, but then I just realized I couldn't run anymore Mm -hmm. because my SI hurt so much. And that was more from like gardening and and that type of stuff. And so I went to physical therapy and I do remember telling them, like, I, I always felt weird when people would ask my hobbies, and I'd say, well, running is a hobby. I'm like, well, but I don't really do it. <laughs> like, I would always claim it as a hobby. Like, you know, someday I hope to get back to it when life allows. But it was just one of those things that was never a priority. And then because I had problems with my hip hurting so much, mm-hmm. I just didn't do it. But then mm-hmm. I finally just decided, you know, what, I need to do something about this. And my doctor referred me for physical therapy. And so I went through that. And that was one of the goals that I told them is I wanted to be able to run again. Mm -hmm. So, and they, they assured me, like they were very encouraging with that, that yes, if we, if we work through everything, I could get to that point where I could run again. And I don't remember even when it was that I tried, I had been done with physical therapy for a while. And I just, one day was, it was like, I was super stressed. And so I just was like, 
I remember now I used to go running when I was stressed and it would really help me to feel better. I was like, well, let me test out this SI. <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me see how I feel. And so I did just a very, I don't know, like a mile or so just to see what it was. And I'm like, I remembered a point where I had tried to go running and I couldn't even make it a block before my yeah. started hurting. So the fact that yeah. I went for a mile, I was like, well, that was really encouraging. And so then I did it like two days later. I was like, all right, that felt good. I was like, okay, now I need to figure out shoes. I need to go get new shoes. I need to figure out these apps for tracking because everything was yep. right now with having GPS on a phone that I didn't have all that stuff before. And yeah, so then I kind of just dove, dove back into doing it again just for the mental health aspects of mm. it and just kind of had that renewed love of, oh yeah, I actually, I actually enjoy this. <laughs> I feel so much better if I do this. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what so you, did you work your way up to like, did you enter some races or did you just decide I'm going to kind of like work my way up on my own and just start building up my distance? Like a lot of it is a blur. Like there was so much of it that was not intentional that it was more like just these things would happen. And I would just run when I needed to, but there was no goal. So it was really wishy-washy. But then all of a sudden there's a camp that we go to and they sent out an email that said they were doing a sprint triathlon and it was a fundraiser for the camp. And I suddenly thought, Hey, I, I have friends who are Ironman athletes. And I thought if they can do this, I could, I could try just doing a sprint one and just see what it is. Then that would give me something to be intentional about with, with training. And I just signed up for it, like truly on a whim. Cause I, I looked up, you know, what's the difference in distance from a sprint. And I was like, Oh, okay. It's not that much of a swim, not that much of a bike. And I was like, Oh, the running will be no problem whatsoever. And so that's when I thought, you know what, I really need to like get into this and really learn what I need to do. So I picked their brains about different things, but that's when I then started looking around at podcasts. That's when I found your podcast. I was like, well, it's just about running, but I'll listen to it and I'll glean whatever Mm -hmm. information I can. And then like, I'd hear you talk about, because that was before you had completed your first 100. And, and I just thought there is absolutely no way ever do something as crazy as an ultra I was like that's just nuts to even think about running (laughs) but you know here I hadn't completed even a half marathon at that point and (laughs) but then I I mean I remember riding the bike and doing all these trainings and just listening to your podcast and because I drive all over the state and have hours in the car I would just like I was like I'm just gonna start from the beginning and hear about all this stuff and learning about zone two training and all those things. I was like, I'm just going to pick these things up because these are going to be helpful. Even if I'm just doing triathlon, the sprint distance. And then at that point I had heard about an 8k race, which was a month after the triathlon. So I had also signed up for that. I was like, okay, let me try that then too. So that I have this little running goal in mind and, you know, just to have some, some things planned again I was like I don't necessarily think I wanted to like get into the running scene but I just it it was kind of fun thinking of having something with a purpose to my running versus just going out whenever I wanted to and so I was I had to be very Mm -hmm. intentional with training for that triathlon because Hmm. biking is just not my thing and but then I, I learned to enjoy it other than I don't have I don't have a great bike like 
my bike was one of those cruiser bikes. <laughs> well, it was like awful to try and train on that. And like it would skip gears and the chain would fall. Oh, I'd just geez. be riding down the road and the chain would fall off. And like, okay, this is going to be really embarrassing if I'm in this triathlon riding my bike and my chain falls off. Did, is that I'm the like, bike you used for your race? No, I ended up, my daughter has a mountain bike. So I was like, all right, hers is in better shape, you know? So I ended up using that and training on that one. And that was a better situation. It still wasn't ideal, but it was, it was better than what I had. And then I, um, I joined the YMCA so that I could use their pool to do swimming, but it was a lot of, I could swim a lap, swim a couple laps and then stop swim a couple laps and then stop. I never did any open water training. I never did, you know, make sure that I'm continuously going with the distance. Like I, I did a, I did a lot of training in the areas and the same thing with running. Like I'd go for runs, but then I not like I did just road running and it turns out it was a trail. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of gaps in my training that I found that I was like, okay, I wasn't truly prepared for the swim. So I was just totally beat by the time, like, I think I was the last person out of the water. And then I had like a 10 minute transition because I was just like dying, <laughs> trying to catch breath. Yeah. And I'm like, everybody else was gone. They were on the bikes. And I was like, I don't even care. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yeah. My goal for the day was just to finish. That's, that's what I kept saying. This is for yep. me. My goal was to finish. I did that bike ride yep. all by myself very hilly terrain. I had not practiced on the hills, you know, and oh, so no. that was like torture. <laughs> so same thing came in dead last. I'm okay. I was like, all right, run. I'm going to be good on that. Nope. I wasn't because I was so wiped out from the bike or from the swim and then the bike. And then here I had to run. I was the last person. And then it was trails and it was hilly mm-hmm. and it was ruddy and, and roots and everything like that, that I was like, I just hadn't planned for any of that I hadn't trained for the proper conditions and Hmm. I got to a point where I was like I know I'm last and I got to the they had one aid station which was just water out on the trail run part and I got to that and I said I'm I'm the last person so and she's like oh no I'm sure there's more and then as I'm standing there like chugging water the sweeper comes through on the bike she's like Oh, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Pretty much, I'm the last, and so I ended up. I did catch up to another person, another runner, and so she and you. I kind of finished it out. She was really struggling with the trails as well, and so mm. it was kind of neat. She let me pass her, and so I did. And then we we came to a point where I knew I knew the area kind of well, and we came to a point where I realized we were mm-hmm. really close to the finish because we were both like, oh my gosh, mm. we're, we're just the finish for this thing. Yeah. And we were so close. And I just turned around. I said, I see the finish line. Let's do it together. And so went and grabbed her. And so we, then it was like downhill. And so we ran downhill and we crossed the line together. So it was like, I, you know, Love it. neither one of us wanted to be last, but we didn't. And we were like, we don't want to do this alone. We're the last one. And I'm like, yep, let's do it together. So we did. And, and I technically was like one second last. So as in last place, but I was like, I don't care. I finished. (laughs) That was the important part. And so that was, yeah. So that was really fun. And it was after that, that I, I got COVID actually. And so, yeah, so that wiped me out. And so then I I couldn't even run. And I had that 8k then a month after (laughs) 
the sprint and I didn't even run at all, but I was like, I'm still going to go. So I went fully recovered and I did it. I was like, I'll walk as much as I need to walk. I'll run what I can run. I'll do what yeah. I can do. And so I really enjoyed doing that one, but that was a road race too. And I was just like, I just don't really like, I don't know. I didn't really like running on the road. I, I was like, I kind of like that trail and I like being outside and mm-hmm. And then hearing more of like your stories of running in, in different places. I was like, yeah, I really would like to run in prettier settings and not just necessarily on the road. So, um, but, uh, and then I had, I had signed up for my first half marathon at that point. And that was at a park, which, so that was then two months later. So I was able to do more training, but still I wasn't, fully up to speed. I hadn't done the full mm-hmm. training of what I had learned for that. But again, mm-hmm. I still went I'm like, I don't, I don't care what my speed is and I'm not a fast runner. I'm just doing this for me. And, but that was, it was so beautiful. Like the whole park, because it was this beautiful park in the middle of a city that I had no clue was even there. And some of it was blacktop trails. Some of it was dirt and so it was really, really pretty and, but just in nature. And I absolutely loved that, that that was just wonderful. Mm. So I was like, okay, this is, this is telling me more of why I enjoy this. <laughs> just being out in the fresh air and seeing yep, things. Yep. And, I, and I keep saying, I would like to go back to that park and go run it now that I'm not, you know, running a race just for, just for a fun run, but I haven't done that. <laughs> but. So then how long after that did you decide that you were going to become one of the crazies and, and sign up for a 50 K. Well, I had (laughs) this thought in my head of, I was turning 50 this year. And so that was the point where I started thinking, you know what? I've, I've done the half marathon. Let me try for a marathon next. And then let me do a 50 K because I'm turning 50. I was like, you know, why not do a big scary goal? of, of doing that. And I thought, well, if I'm going to train for a 50 K, then I might as well just skip the marathon. Cause there was no marathon that sounded intriguing to me and yep. was convenient in the schedule or anything. But I knew about, a, I started looking into 50 Ks and, and thinking about that and mm-hmm. found one that was at a park that I, a state park that I knew cause we had camped at that park. And I was like, okay, that, that is doable. And so it was like, right as I was starting to think about that is when you announced the run your first 50 K program. And as soon as Mm -hmm. you did, I was like, Oh, she doesn't, how does she even know me? (laughs) This is is exactly what I need. So I think like, as soon as you opened up the, the application for it, I had emailed really quickly just to say, Hey, this is something I want to do. And so I think you might have been the first official applicant, like going back, I'm like trying to go back in my brain. I think you might have been like, if not the first, you were like second, like you were right up there. Yeah, because I was like, it seriously was like the that first week that I had those thoughts of, I think I want to run a 50K in order of turning 50 years old. And you were like, hey, I'm going to do this new program, run your first 50K. I was like, oh, doing Sold. <laughs> so fortuitous. Yeah. So, yeah. so you get into the program. Uh-huh. 
we go through, we go through the six weeks and throughout that process, we started to, you know, like talk about your race and you were learning more about, you know, how to actually, cause you had, you had done a, you had the added benefit of having done like a focused sort of training plan before. So sometimes people come in and they're, they're sort of all over the place. Like sort of like you described earlier, you would, they would just go out and run whenever they felt like it, whenever the mood struck them. And lots of them would maybe, um, achieve their goals, right? Because they sort of haphazardly threw some training in there. Um, but you had the added benefit of having done like a very formal training plan. So you were already, you were actually kind of a step ahead because you were like, I get this, I get this like consistency thing. I get the training. Um, but we definitely, I, I have memories of like, you know, you asking a lot of questions about, you know, the day of the race and, you know, packs and shoes and, you know, all the things that, you know, there's so many things with a 50 K, like you don't know that you don't know. And so, or you do know sometimes that you just like, don't know (laughs) all these things. And so it's such a good opportunity to get around other people and have uh, the ability to like ask questions and get like real specific, specific answers. So um, was there something like in particular through the, like that you learned in the program that you feel like was like really like above and beyond like the thing that really helped yeah. you. Yeah. One thing that I remember was so critical in me wanting to do this was the camaraderie mm. and learning to be with other runners. Cause that was something that I really loved about the run camp was that there was that connection with the other participants in the run camp program. Mm. And so I really liked that aspect, but I didn't think we had any running groups in my area. And so I, you know, I, I didn't think there would definitely didn't think there would be any that would be about running a 50 K. So um, the ultra aspect was far beyond that. And so a lot of it was what else do I need to do? So that run camp, it was strictly just running. It was just your miles. And it was like, hmm. you know, this day you run this mile and there was nothing else. So to get the strength training aspects hmm. and the mobility, and then also talking about how to prepare yourself mindset wise, because hmm. that was actually kind of my biggest worry was my mindset. Like looking back, that I think was the biggest thing that I took out of it was all the mindset work that we did. Mm -hmm. And then just learning all the different things, like all the things, all the things I didn't know that I I felt like I'm just, I felt like a sponge. (laughs) I'm just taking all of this in of stuff. I just didn't think about of Mm -hmm. pre-planning for what is the event and Mm -hmm. looking at all the aspects of the different races and that type of thing that, I would have never have thought to look at that. Like I never thought to think about with the triathlon, what are the conditions in that area? How can I mimic it? Like realistically, I could have just driven there and gone and run that trail. You know, now looking back, I'm like, oh, I could go and mm. do that. But I would have never thought of that. So having that, you know, other participants to bounce ideas off of and ask questions, because they would ask other questions that I was like, oh. I didn't think about that because they came from different experiences. So it was neat to hear that of just having that, that camaraderie of other ladies who were also thinking of this first 50 K business and, and be able to just pick your brain of your structured, here's the structured lessons, but then also that opportunity to come up with our own questions or, Hey, I did this in, in the, in the plan, but 
this weird thing happened or how can we work around this? So just knowing that we could talk together and, and work that out Mm -hmm. was just, just huge. And just all, all those tools that I didn't know that I need. And like your, your voice running through my head (laughs) with all of these things that I'm like, okay, if I'm not hearing it on the podcast, I'm hearing it in the group, but (laughs) it was great though. So yeah, really, I mean, it truly. I love it. I love it. So you, um, you sent what, what date was the race that you signed up for? So I had originally signed up for one in August. Right. And that one in August was in an area that was near one of my friends who's the very accomplished Ironman athlete and runner Mm -hmm. and just very exceptionally athletic. She's my age as well. So she understands, you know, the age aspects of doing these events and all that and it's never slowed her down. (laughs) And I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this 50K at this particular place. And she just said, Judy, I love you. But this should not be your first 50K. It's really, really tough. Mm. And I've since learned after seeing all these posts that, yeah, it's like super, super technical, Mm. super, super challenging. Like it's one that people who have done multiple ones, like they strive for later or they're like, and I've read results after this that people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, that really kicked my butt. (laughs) It's really, really hard. I'm like, okay, so glad I didn't do that. But I also had that realization Michigan plus August equals very hot and I do not do well in heat. So running in heat for 50 K would have not been good. Mm -hmm. So I was like, scratch that. So I knew that there was one that was in June. So I was like, okay, if I back it up and I plan to do the one in June, that's generally a cooler time in Michigan. It hasn't gotten hot. Sometimes it can be hot, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily. That one also is at a lake. So I was like, okay, this would be a really good one to do. I know this park. That was the one that we had camped at. So I knew the area and I was familiar with it. And like, okay, I'll switch to doing that one. I was like, okay, well, technically it was going to be before my birthday. So I was like, because I was turning 50 in August. So that's why I picked that other August Got one. it. It was going to be before I was 50. But I was like, okay, that's okay. Uh, I have enough time to train for that. And then when I went to Uganda with my daughter, when I came back from Uganda, I had had an ear infection Mm. on our flight. And so when I came back from Uganda, my equilibrium was completely off. My balance was totally thrown. I struggled with vertigo and just had tremendous problems. And I pretty much had to stop running because I was like, I can't even walk through my house without holding the Mm. walls. So it's like, I don't dare go for a run. Yeah. Well, that was a big challenge. I was like, how in the world am I even going to do this 50K now? Yeah. yeah, that was too much of a challenge in my mindset for that. But then I realized I went through a bunch of PT and went through all these medical evaluations and they never figured out really what happened. That so weird. really feel like the, the flight with the ear infection really is what kicked it off, mm. but it's never resolved. I still have balance issues, but... I worked through them and a lot of it is the mindset mm. that I'm like, I know I'm not falling over. <laughs> I may think that I'm falling over, but I'm not actually falling over. So I'm okay. Yeah. And just kind of working through all of that. And then just realizing there's one day I was just feeling so off, but then I thought, you know what? My body just wants to go for a run. Yeah. I just really need to go for a run. I'm like, I'm just going to give it a try. 
and I went for a run and I felt so much better after that, that I feel like the running just really helped regulate me. Yeah. And I thought, okay, if I felt that good, I'm just going to push through and keep doing it. So that, that event had a 50 K option, but also a a half marathon option. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I just did the half marathon. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to do it at that, at that level instead of the 50. And, but because I still felt so off, I said, I'm just going to do it virtually. I'm just going to run it on my local trails Mm -hmm. and be able to know that I, in case I have any weird things that happen, I'm not a couple hours from home. I'm, I'm, you know, a couple miles from home. So I, I did that and super slow, but I did it. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was what was important to me is that I got it done. Slow is relative though, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I was like, again, you know, I, I wasn't racing against anybody because I was just out by myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I did one of my classic things of I got lost in the woods, <laughs> which I love when I'm doing that because I know I knew generally where I was, yeah. but it made it so that I had to go farther. Yep. I was further away from my car. I was planning on using my car as an aid station. I was like, oh, I'll just do loops and I'll use my car as an aid station, but I got lost. I ended up in another trail system and I was like, that's okay. So by the time I made it back to my car, I was at 10 miles, got some food, got some drink, refueled. And then I was like, all I got to do is go out for another three miles and then I'm done. So yeah, so I did it and I was happy about that. And then that gave me encouragement to keep going of what do I do? I was like, okay, so do I wait till next year and run that June event? Next year, because I was like, yeah, technically I'll be 50 mm-hmm. still at that point. But I, you know, I just didn't know. I was like, that's so far away. I don't want to wait that long. Yeah. You know, I've, I've developed all this. You're and on so this that, kick. You're, you're motivated. You want to find something right. that's sooner. <laughs> exactly. And that was when it, Sarah had run, you know, she had talked about her event and then she got COVID and then she had to do the event that was the timed looped event. Yep. And when she had talked about that was what she possibly was going to do. So it was before she had done that. Mm-hmm. So you know, since she was in the group with me, I knew that that was what she was thinking. Yeah. And that was when it triggered in my brain that I had been looking on ultra sign up and had seen a timed event locally that was like within an hour of my house. And when I had read that description, I just thought that is nuts to run <laughs> a loop over and over again. To get to 50K, I was like, that just sounds painful <laughs> <Terrible>. and boring <laughs> and awful, and I, no way would I want to do that. But then when, you know, as she did it, I thought, okay, maybe this is something realistically that I could do. I can drop out at any time. Mm-hmm. I can just see what I'm capable of, and it's not far from home. Yeah, you know, so I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll have it in the back of my mind, mm-hmm. and it was one of those that I I had the web browser open to that page, the sign up page for six weeks. I love it. Staring at me, not sure if I would actually sign up for it or not. And like, oh, do I do this? Can I do it? And it was just bat- the battle of the mindset. And and I remember I had a huge tree branch fall in my yard. And I remember I was out cutting that thing up 
listening to your podcast and it was one of your podcasts that talked about you people who have these events that you're looking at and you haven't signed up for yet. <laughs> How in the world does Megan know? <laughs> you just know what I'm thinking and what I got. So I was like, okay. And so I went in, I was like, I'm doing it. I'm just signing up for it. And so I did that. And that was when Sarah had done hers then too. And so listening to her race recap about that event just gave me great encouragement for that type of format. Yeah. That the idea of running, running a route and getting to know it really well. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I really like that. And so then it was not nearly as, <laughs> did not sound nearly as horrible thanks to her experience of sharing that. Thanks, Sarah. I <laughs> right, exactly. I didn't think I would go as far as running my first 50K and then continuing on to my first 50 miler like she did. So <laughs> I will be content if I get to the 50K. So so was it a was it a six-hour event? Was it a 12-hour event? Give us some context for time. It was a 12-hour event. Mm -hmm. They had a six-hour, but in my mind, there was no way I was going to be able to finish in six hours mm. with knowing that I didn't know what my body was going to do. If I was even mm -hmm. going to be able to handle it, that I wanted to be able, like by my calculations, like I can do it in 10 hours. I was mm -hmm. like, worst case scenario, I can get this done in 10 hours. So I'm going to yeah. need the 12 in order to be able to complete this. And so my goal was to do 10 laps. So like 10 laps will be 50K. And I can do that. I can take as much time as I need and just be, be myself mm -hmm. and plan it that way. So <laughs> that was what I did. So it was a, a 5k loop and it was on trails. And, oh, the other thing that helped too, was I did go out before I signed up. I was like, I want to go and see these trails. And so one of my families that I was doing, a home visit for happens to live 10 minutes from them from the trails and so I I went and they did their home visit and then I I went to the trails and I just explored all of them I'm like I don't know which ones the race is going to be on but yeah. I'm just going to explore them all just to see what they're like and so it was a mixture of sand and hard packed they had some boardwalk through boggy areas and just mm -hmm. beautiful wooded areas there was no open space where it was going to be super hot and when I had gone to run it it was in August so it was in our hotter part of the year but it was yep. so nicely shaded that it wasn't that bad that I still mm -hmm. felt comfortable and it's only like a five minute drive to Lake Michigan so after I did that run I went to Lake Michigan and just jumped in the lake to swim and <laughs> cool off and I was like yes this is the ultimate if I can have a lake nearby that I can just jump in after I run way more comfortable for me to to cool off that way so love it I love that you you were able to actually go ahead of time because I think you know given your your previous experience with some of those races it it was really important for you to to have the ability to go and check it out and really cement in your brain like oh yeah this is this is doable right and I can get familiar with this I could even train here a little bit and I think that's a big key for a lot of people like if you can it's not always possible but if you can going there scouting it out and also training there is can be I mean a game changer. Yeah. And that was huge for me because then I had that idea of 
what the trails were like. And so then I could, I started looking around at different trails that are in our area mm-hmm. and started focusing more on that of not doing the road running as much, but doing the trails and being able to incorporate that into my overall planning and training. And then it helped me too that I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not fast according to the road running world, but I was like, I don't care. I'm out here because I love the trails and I love being in nature and just exploring. And so that, that was fun for me. And knowing that what I was finding was close to what I would be running on was very Mm -hmm. helpful. We don't have as much sand in my area where I live. And that's a very sandy area because it's by the lake. Mm. So there was a lot of spots that were definitely sand, but it wasn't like the super heavy sand it's really nice um like it's really well maintained park Mm. so the trails are are well well kept and and well marked and everything so nice yeah so you show up on race day I remember you asking the question uh in the group I think you were you had to crew for yourself right because you were you were there were remind me was there an aid station or you were crewing for yourself completely Uh, There was one aid station at the start line. There was one aid station and that was where the bathroom was. That was it. And I also had zero communication from the race director. The website had basically no information other than details coming soon. So that was part Mm. of why I had hesitated about signing up for it because I was like, when are they going to release the details? Right. You know, I'd like to know what else, you know, I, I have to prepare. Megan said, I need to know this. Stuff. So I was like, I, you know, certainly they'll do it. And I'm like, looking back, I should have just emailed them. I never did, but yeah. I was like, you know what, I'll figure it out. And then I, and you know, I kept going, well, it's close enough to home. Mm-hmm. I know the area. I'll be fine. I'll just bring my stuff. And so it was finally the day before maybe two days. No, it was the week before. They finally said, oh, hey, your parking is going to be right on the trail. If you want to set up a tent, you can, and then just have your things there. And I thought, oh, well, that's nice. Because I was planning on, because they said a drop bag, you can have a drop bag. And I'm thinking, how in the world am I planning a drop bag for 12 Hmm. hours by myself? And I thought, okay, well, now I know that I can have a tent. And then thinking through it since I had been there, like, well, if it's where I think it's going to be, the parking lot is literally 15 feet from the trail. I was like, okay, if I can get there early enough and get the right parking spot, I can just use my car as an aid station. Yes. So I just had my car loaded up with all the snacks, all the everything, and I I parked close enough to the edge, so I just basically laid out a blanket right next to my car with a chair in it, taking up a parking space, and just left it there with my car, and so that every time I passed by, I could stop, sit, and stretch, do whatever I needed to do, eat what I needed to eat, take my Mm -hmm. shoes off, do what I needed to do. Mm Mm-hmm for taking care of my feet and getting sand out of my shoes. Cause that was the one thing that I'm like, yeah, they would get a little bit filled with sand and I'd have to, I could stop and do that. So yeah. So it was basically me on my own. They didn't have any food that I would have wanted to eat because mm. it was nothing that I had practiced with. And it was stuff mm. that 
I might have been okay with, <laughs> but I don't know what Doritos would have done to me at that point. And and it was all like prepackaged foods, like mm-hmm. just snacky things. Nothing that I really wanted mm. to risk trying <laughs> with not having done it before. Yeah. And um, so, what sort of stuff did you eat? I really like baby food packets. Uh, like fruit things. And so I have one that's like fruit and some veggies in it. And so I, those are nice just to have those squeezable pouches. I had peanut butter pretzels are one of my favorite things to snack mm. on anyways. And so those were great to just throw in a Ziploc bag. And then I just munch on them as I was going along. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I have? I had different energy drinks, like a V8 the fruit ones, energy drinks. I had some iced coffee that I was like, okay, if I need something else, then I'll, I'll drink that. I had tailwind. So I did do some tailwind on a couple of the, of the laps, but Mm -hmm. then I just found, you know, so, so it was just basic things like that, that I would, I would always start the lap with a snack and I would eat it because the first part of it was going uphill. <laughs> so I would kind of eat and snack as I was going up the hill. That that kind of was my motivator of, I'm not going to eat while I'm sitting down. I'm going to eat while I'm moving. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of- Very efficient. Up. Yes, exactly. Other than I did find that I, I, I sat for quite a while at my car a couple of times and I was like, I better get my butt up and move or else I'm not going to want to keep going. But, um, my one, did you ever have a time where you were like, ah, I think I'm done. I didn't because I was so motivated to do my 10 laps Mm -hmm. and I had made myself bracelets that I had made 10 bracelets that had different beads on them and then Mm -hmm. I wrote like each lap I kind of dedicated to a specific thing to pray about so whether it was ministries in my town or things in Uganda or different topics like adoption like all my families that are waiting for children you know like I just could think about them as I was going and so and then I used that as a counter so I started with all of the bracelets on my left arm and then I would just pick one randomly hold it in my hand and as I'd go like I would listen to music or a podcast at first but then I'd kind of get to a point where like I'm done with that I'm done with (laughs) this lap and I'm like okay let me turn it off let me just focus on praying for these things for a bit let me just enjoy where I'm at and and then when I would finish the lap I would as I crossed the finish line, I would put that completed bracelet on my right hand. So then it was like that great reminder of how many, one, just to help me count. (laughs) I was like, I need to know how many I'm doing and not wondering. And then just to have something as a, as a distractor when I was getting in my mind too much about, I don't want to do this anymore, which Mm -hmm. there were few times that I was like that, but there were times that I definitely needed that motivation. And And I know on the, there was one lap that one of my friends who's a runner, she and I were just texting back and forth. And so that was really neat to be able to, to text her and cause she had done a half marathon like the week before. And so I had done the same with her of just, you know, encouraging things that she was going. And then, so she did that for me. So that was really neat. And then on the seventh lap, 
I was like, it was getting later in the day and cause this was in October. So it was at that point, it was getting dark here around seven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And so we had started at eight in the morning and then it mm-hmm. ended at eight at night. And so I was like, I knew there was going to be an hour, a little bit more than an hour that it was going to be dark. And so lap seven, I was like, I am so unmotivated. And I called my mom and I just talked to my mom the whole lap. And so that was really nice. And by that time, I I knew the trail so well that I knew where the hills were coming. I knew where the flats were. I knew where the ups were. I knew the downs. I knew the really ruddy parts. And so that really helped that I could kind of just go on autopilot of, of that. And, but I really enjoyed too that we started it before the sun came up. And so seeing the sun just as it went through the sky throughout the day and the way that it hit different trees, like there were certain trees that I really got to know and just different yep. areas. I was like, oh, there's that really cool trail or really cool tree. Yeah. So it was just really neat watching how the that area looked, the whole trail throughout the day. And even compared to how it was in the summer when I went and knowing that difference, I like, I really want to go see it all the seasons just to have that reference because it was so beautiful. But then by that time, so by the time it got to night, you know, it was pitch black out there by the time I'm doing my last lap, but I knew it so well, it really didn't bother me. And it had been enough foot traffic that it cleared a lot of the leaves off of the trail. So there was one big hill that was a downhill that was kind of a scary one. <laughs> it's like, if you fall on this, you're really going to hurt yourself. And so like, we all just kind of, if anybody was running down it, like you stop at the top, you wait till they reach the bottom safely before you get going, because you don't want to be the one that biffs into anybody else and anybody out. But there was interesting too, yeah. there was only 30 runners. There weren't that many people participating in it. And I actually really enjoyed that as much as I wanted the camaraderie of running with other people. It was really nice. It was mainly just me Mm -hmm. by myself for almost the whole day on the trail. And I thought, when else am I going to just take a whole day to go for a walk in the woods? (laughs) That's all I cared about. I was like, okay, yes, I'm running Mm -hmm. some of it, but I didn't. I didn't necessarily run the whole thing because that wasn't my goal. My goal was to get to 50K. And I was like, I don't care how long it mm-hmm. takes. If it takes the full 12 hours, it takes the full 12 hours. I'm yep. just going to enjoy every minute. And I truthfully enjoyed every minute of it that there was, you know, those times of going through, okay, what is what is my body feeling? And the only thing that really started to irritate me was my feet. My toes specifically were were bothering me. And I had one that was getting a blister on it, but I couldn't see it at that point. So I was like, it was just irritating me. But I finally was just like, it's there. Ignore it. Just keep going. (laughs) So I just let it be. And it wasn't until the next day when I like really looked at it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did not expect. I did not know you could get a blister (laughs) on the end of that toe. (laughs) In that specific spot. (laughs) Yes. I was like, what an odd place of everywhere that could have gotten a blister on my feet, that it was that toe. (laughs) So that was what, what was annoying, but everything else felt really good. And I would just do this whole mental checklist as I was going, you know, like those points when I would just be like, Oh, Mm. I don't do, I don't really want to do this. Mm. And I'm like, wait a minute, nothing hurts. You're walking in the woods. 
you know, or if I was running, I go, you can, you could walk right now. Or sometimes I would feel great. And like, you can run right now. Or you got so snacks. Was, <laughs> yeah. I had all the snacks that I needed. And I knew that once I got to the finish line, I'd, I'd get to the bathroom. There was a real bathroom. Mm. <laughs> so that was nice too, of just knowing it was there yeah. and, um, yeah, knowing where I was. And so it was, yeah, I loved it. I don't know that I'll do it again. They actually just sent out an email today announcing that, or no, I saw it on Facebook that they just opened up registration for all the new events. And I kind of looked at it and went, oh, <laughs> I don't know that I would do that one again, but it's, it was more of the, how it was organized versus mm. I, you know, I, I don't know that I'd want it. Maybe I'd try one of their other events and see if the other ones are more, more organized. Yeah. I don't know. It turns out that there was another similar format of a 12-hour event not too far away. And that one, I think, was way more attended than this one. And I think that one was well more, more well-known. Mm. So I have a feeling that that's where there was just like a conflict mm. of who does what. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, think, I do think that like, you know, your experience of being focused on picking a race for distance and not really even knowing that there are timed events is like, is pretty common. And, and I want to sort of just point that out to people because especially as a first time 50 K -er, if you're worried about cutoffs, time cutoffs, you know, picking a 12 hour race is a great way to, especially if it's a looped one, which pretty much like all of the timed races are going to be loops just because that's the most efficient way to organize it. Um, is a great way to go about it for all the reasons that you just stated, right? You can go, you can do as much or as little as you like, especially if you're sort of kind of like, uh, sort of like, you know, borderline, you're like, I'm, I think I'm there, but I'm not quite there, but this is a great way. It's also a great way to test your fitness. If you have, um, a 50 K coming up and you want to do a longer, like what, one of the things we talk about in the program is a, is a race simulation where you actually go either to the place that you're going to do your actual race or some place that is very similar to that. And you practice all the things you practice your shoes and your food and your, your, um, pack and what you're going to wear and your pace and all the things. And so if you can find one of these timed races that sort of lines up correctly with your training plan, it can be a great way to get a race experience, a very low key, non-competitive type of race experience that allows you to test out all those things and build up a lot of confidence or figure out, is this really going to work? Is this not going to work before you set foot on your actual race day so that you, um, you know, you have more of your stuff organized and figured out so that you're not walking in there being like, oof, very tentative. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It really helped me knowing that I could do whatever I needed to do. And like, I overheard one of the other participants who just said, yeah, if I get to 20 miles today, that's really what my goal is. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's really neat. And so there were a lot of people that, you know, I saw them at the beginning and maybe I'd cross paths with them. And then at the end, it was like, I don't know. I don't know who finished, mm -hmm. you know, because everybody went at different times mm -hmm. and did their own thing. And so it was kind of neat to to see that and just to have that option of, yeah, we can mm -hmm. do what we want. And I know like the first place person did 20 laps and 
so knowing that, okay, yeah, I, and that was her goal. She, she was number one. And, um, and then the second place person was, had also done 20, but he, he was just a longer time than her. And so I just thought that was really neat. And I had come across that guy at the end. So on my last lap, when it was completely dark, was really the only time that I had run with other people that there weren't that many people by that point. And I kind of joined up. There was another gal who was running. And so we kind of stuck together. And then when we got to that hill that I was talking about, that was so bad, like she and I were at the top and there were two guys running down it. And I was like, yeah, I'm waiting for them to clear it. She's like, oh yeah. And I'll wait for you too. (laughs) We were both just like, we're not doing that. And then as I got down and, and, ran down it and caught up with those guys. I passed one of them and I just kind of joined up with the guy in front and I just kept running with him. And typically at that point I would stop running. I would, I would walk, mm. but he was going and I was like, I'm just going to keep going. So I kept going with him and he, he would just kept yelling back to the other guy. Yeah. And I didn't think about it at that point, but I just said to him, I, I hope you don't mind that I joined up with you. You're really encouraging me to keep going. He says, it's okay. He said, I'm pacing that my friend behind me there. And I was like, oh, you're a pacer. I was like, awesome. So now you're pacing two people. (laughs) 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 Be with us however long. And so, you know, it ended up being him, then me, then the guy he was pacing. and, And so he, the pacer and I ended up chatting and I said, yeah, my goal is to do 10 laps to get to 50 K. And he was like, yeah, my buddy wants to get to 20. And so he, and they were on lap 19 and he said, if you want to do another lap with us, you're welcome to. <laughs> That's so nice of him. <laughs> was, was like, but no, <laughs> I only made 10 bracelets. I'm here for 10. <laughs> I'm not an overachiever. Like I'm going to get to my goal and, and do it. But it was, kind of, it was really neat to be able to run yeah. with them and, and just to, you know, kind of have that experience. Not that I couldn't keep up with them for long. Like there was a point where we were going uphill. And I was like, okay, thank you. Hmm. Good luck on your laps. <laughs> had you up to that point, I, I don't know if I asked you this last time. Um, had you up to that point practiced running at night? Did you have a headlamp? I did have a headlamp. I had a, a headlamp and I have a chest lamp. And then I hmm. have one of those Knox gear lights. Hmm. And I actually love running at night. Hmm. And it's something I have only ever done through my neighborhood though. Because mm-hmm. I feel feel very comfortable, and because I know the neighborhood, there's street lights. Some of them are on, some of them are not on. Yep. But it's been my tradition, like New Year's Eve. Mm. I always go out so that I'm running from one year into the next year. So oh, I, I love that. So that I have like the ten minutes in the year that's ending to the ten minutes in the year that's starting, and even this year for my fiftieth birthday, that night I went out for a run. And so that I, I ran into, into my birthday and so yeah, I love running at night because our neighborhood is really quiet at that time. And like, I don't know if anybody's security cameras went off with this crazy person running down the street, but like, I don't really care. There's not that much going on. And yeah. So, but I hadn't done, I hadn't done trails at night. So, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't worried about it because I'm not... Mm -hmm we don't really have wild animals around here that are going to be scary or anything that, and I, the only animals I came across on the run, I, there was a couple deer that I scared a couple times and that was it. I don't think 
there wasn't a snake on that one. Like when I had gone in, in August, I had come across a snake and that was my first time coming across a snake. <laughs> and, and, but it was like, it was a little deck that they have. And I had gone out on the deck and I was just sitting there and I suddenly turned around. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> okay sunning itself and it kind of turned and it was like and I'm gone so but you know I'm not I'm not like nervous about snakes or anything so yeah I'm I'm not worried about animals and I've always enjoyed even in my backyard I'll put the hammock up in the summer and I'll sleep out in my backyard at night that I like that kind of stuff I'm used to keeping used to that so nighttime running really doesn't doesn't creep me out and it helped. I mean, I was a little bit worried about the trail aspect of it, but mm-hmm. because I had run it enough, I knew where the areas were that were going to be challenging. Of mm-hmm. okay, this is an area where there's a root that's sticking straight up, and you have to go around it. And yep. you know, like I said, the leaves had gotten cleared off compared to the beginning part of the day where there was fresh leaf cover everywhere because there had been enough people throughout the day it was, it was clear. And the other thing that was neat, the trail was still open to the public. So it was being used by a lot of different people at that time, because it was just an absolutely stellar, beautiful fall day for Michigan. Sun was shining. It was warm for fall in Michigan, which as a runner, I was like, Oh no, I want it to be (laughs) 10, 20 degrees cooler, but it ended up being perfect because of the shade and the trees and everything that I never got overheated awesome which was great uh, like I didn't I had like long sleeves in the morning but I peeled that off after two laps and put on a short sleeve shirt and then I was fine mm-hmm. and I just I was able to wear my my running short skirt thing and be comfortable in that all day so Love it. it was perfect but it was so neat just to come across people and who were doing different things. There's one horseback rider and lots of people walking dogs. And at one, so you weren't really alone, you know, yeah. like you were, you weren't with your, the, the people doing the race, but you were never really like, you know, totally alone. Cause there was probably somebody always, maybe always like within your sight line in general, but actually there wasn't. And that's what was fun for me because that's I fun. love going out and doing stuff like that by myself. But there mm-hmm. were times where I would just look around and I was like, there's nobody around me and I'm just enjoying it. So I was like, if I was listening to music, I'd just sing. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I'm like, okay, I'm just, I love this song. I'm just going to do a little dance as I'm moving or I'm going to stop and stretch here. What, you know, whatever it was (laughs) that I really enjoyed that, but it was, it was really neat coming across people on the trail as well. And Mm. and one guy was out there photography, doing photography because of the fall in, in the, it was more towards sunset and just the way the le- the sun was shining through the leaves and the trees and everything. And so he and I mm-hmm. chatted for a bit. <laughs> he was like, it tr- trying to catch up to me, but I was like, oh, no, I could I could see he didn't. So I slowed down. He was like, you don't have to slow down. I was like, no, I'm totally fine slowing down. You know, I'm happy to chat with you because he was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is this craziness? What is going on? And so I was just able to explain the the format and everything. And so it was just nice to to talk with him for a bit and Love it. yeah so you finished what was your how how you, you did your 10 laps what was your final finishing time so my final finishing time of actual running was eight hours and 12 minutes and so that gave me great encouragement that 
you know, here I thought it was going to take me 10 hours to do it. Mm -hmm. And so that was your moving time. Yes, that was my moving time. So I had the full 12 hours that I did it. So I, I had calculated it out to of, you know, how much time did I spend at <laughs> in the bathroom? <laughs> how much time did I spend at my car? Because it was like, okay, we crossed over the finish line. I'd go to the bathroom. I'd run down to the car, which was yeah. the start of that next lap. But I was like, you know, I'll start it. But then I would pause it again when I got to my car. So I just kept pausing and starting my timer on my on my watch so that I could track when I was actually running and and not. So that was kind of nice to then be done um, and see what my actual running time was. Yeah. And my actual pace while running. So so that was nice to have have that. So yeah, so that was good to see that I could do it in eight hours, even though it was technically eleven and eleven hours fifty minutes or something like that, I think was my my actual time, but a lot, a lot of that was in my car. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's like when you're doing that type of a, a course, right? You, you have multiple opportunities to stop and, you know, refuel, go to the bathroom, attend to your needs. And that's part of it too, right? We can't, we can't remove that part. I, I think people get tripped up when they just think they're going to run the full thing. And there's like, you certainly could, but there's all these other things that you have to, all these other systems that you have to take care of at the same time. Like you mentioned the blister on your toe and, you know, any sort of clothing changes and food and fuel, like you need to drink, you need to eat, like you need to keep up with all these other things. And I've certainly made the mistake of running races as if they were shorter races before. Um, and that doesn't work out well, because if you don't attend to those needs, then that stuff catches up with you. So you have to really factor in, yeah, you're going to have to, you you might only be moving for eight hours, but yeah, you got to factor in, you know, all those other things to, to help you keep moving for that eight hours. Yeah, exactly. And that was something that, you know, I just kept that in my mindset of, okay, start the lap with, with having fuel, with, with eating mm -hmm. something and doing what mm -hmm. I need to finish it off. And so that really helped me. And it was interesting too, like they, they said that there was going to be pizza at the end, but then when I got to the end, I completely forgot about it. And I was like, I'm not even really that hungry. And I, I just, it just wasn't on top of my mind that, and actually when I ended it, like my watch said that I hadn't gone the 50k the full 50k I was like oh I didn't get there I was like I better go out some more like in my mind I had that I needed to do 32 miles and I was like oh mm. it says that I went 30 point you know eight and I was like okay well I'm just gonna go out and do an additional run on my own until I get to 32 just so that I know that I have that and I'm like you know, now I realize, well, I technically had reached that <laughs> before, yeah. before the 32, but that's okay. That, like 32 was my number that I needed. Yeah. And, and so that's what I did. And, um, it's so like, I, I never even ate any of the food. I never had it. <laughs> just like, okay. So I just paid all this money to go do this event that I really didn't use any of the things that they did, but that's okay. Like, what? Yeah, that's fine. It is because there was no t-shirt included. There was no race medal. <laughs> I got a sticker and I got a pint glass and that was it. And I was like, there you go. Okay, well, that's fine. I, you know, my goal was to reach my goal and, and my pace. And, um, you know, I did a lot of power walking and I was like, 
-hmm. I was fine with that. Like I was perfectly happy with, I'm just going to walk this and stopped and took a lot of pictures because I think that's what I like about the trails that there's just beautiful things. And so that was pretty neat to, for me, just having that experience of, yeah, when else am I going to take a whole 12 hours of my day to go do something like this? And I've been preparing for this and I can do this. And yeah, yeah. So that was pretty neat. And, but then I, when I, when I finished and I, when I got back to my brother's house, cause I stayed overnight at my brother's and I was like, Oh, I haven't eaten anything. <laughs> it's like, I probably should eat more than like the snacks that I've been snacking on all day before I go to bed. Cause I'm like, my body's probably not going to be too happy with me. And so I ended up making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and sat at the bottom of the steps. Cause the bedroom is upstairs and the bathroom is upstairs. And I was like, once <laughs> I go up those steps, I don't think I want to come back down. So I was like, but I was like, I just felt so gross that I was like, I'm just going to sit on their bottom step, eat my yep. peanut butter jelly, go up, take a shower and go to bed. Love it. <laughs> I mean, not have Love it. Consider another trip down the stairs. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that would agree with that theory. Like, yeah, you're, you're just making, I, I definitely, um, did that on, on my first 50 K too. the, the night after my first, we were staying in, um, uh, our, our family has like a little cabin that you go, you have to kind of climb. It's not like a regulation set of stairs. They're very steep and shallow. (laughs) And so like, that's where the bed is. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm definitely going to stay down here for as long as possible. And then when I go to bed, I'm going to bed and I'm not going to come back down and until the next morning. And then I think I like scooted down on my butt on those stairs. Like I didn't actually walk down those stairs, which was actually probably good. Cause you know, that's, that was how I got downstairs. But yeah, I mean, but other than that, like other than that blister, did you have any other issues when you finished? Did you feel pretty good? I felt pretty good. My, my feet felt sore and my knees were a little bit achy. And w- one of the things that happened like maybe a month before the event was my plantar fasciitis came back. And I had Mm. had that originally when I had done the first run camp. And so I had learned some tricks at that point. And so that came back while I was doing my training, but I was like, I'm not going to stop training for this. But I was also too nervous to tell my doctor (laughs) about it and ask for PT because I was like, what if I go and they tell me that I can't run anymore? I was like, no, I can work my way through this. And so I just did a bunch of the exercises that are helped to help target taking care of that so that I could get through the event. And then as soon as I was done, then I emailed my doctor. I was like, Hey, can I get a referral for PT please? And mm-hmm. so she did that. And I've just finished that up. Now I have like two visits left, but now we're spacing them two weeks apart just to give me that time to see how things yep. are going. And so that's gone really well of getting that in. And they were so super supportive of, of that, that there was no, well, you got to stop running. It was more of, okay, yes, you, cause you know, for this, I put my goal is I want to be able to keep running and not hurt in the future to know what I need mm-hmm. to do to strengthen in my feet or in my legs or wherever yeah. so that I don't have this problem in the future so that I can continue running. And they were mm-hmm. all about continuing with that. So they, they've been with that. So yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's important too. finding, you know, providers that support your goals and don't automatically try and talk you out of them. (laughs) Because, you know, this is your body will adapt, right? And and there are certain circumstances where you might have a, a condition or a situation with your muscles or your joints that really is not ideal for running. But for a lot of this stuff, it is possible to work through. And if you have a good team of people that understands the body and understands, like takes the time to listen to you and pay attention. And if you also, like it is largely dependent on you doing your quote unquote homework, right. And like keeping up with it and doing all the things, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to just wave their hand over you and perform some magic, but like you have to do the work too, but it is possible to make strides and, and overcome stuff like, you know, knee issues, hip issues, SI stuff, plantar fasciitis. Like it is possible possible to not over, not only overcome them, but to also eliminate them, right? We don't, just because you have it doesn't necessarily mean you are doomed to have it indefinitely. Um, it's going to take some work, but it is, it is possible to overcome those things. Exactly. And that was, that was super encouraging because I mean, that's one of my goals with being that I'm 50 years old and watching people my age go, Oh, I'm 50. I can't do anything more. It's all downhill from here that that's one of my goals is that, no, I'm 50 and I want to keep doing this stuff. I want this to be something that's part of my life because I enjoy it. And I also see the benefits, but also I want to age gracefully and be able to continue doing this. And like, I've seen reports of, you know, 70, 80 year old runners who are still doing these events. And I'm like, I love that. I absolutely love that. You know, I don't know that I can see myself that, but I'd love to know that I'm taking care of myself now so that I can Mm -hmm. keep doing that and not let age be a thing that takes me away from being able to do stuff. And, and I've had people make comments of, Oh, you're going to ruin your knees or, you know, that type of thing. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I like my knees are actually doing really well. And, you know, I'm just- my knee, your knees are probably better than like your Judy, your knees are probably better than that person's knees. Yes, right. Exactly. Like- <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm just going to keep up on it so that I can yeah. continue to do well. And, and so that's part of too, why I, I you know, I, I had that thought of, will I ever do this again? Like as I'm running the event, I'm like, I don't know that I'll ever do this again, but then also what am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. is this just the end? What, what's next? Is there a next? What, how do I keep going? And at that point I was like, I don't know <laughs> that I will keep going, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm in the middle of an event. So I didn't really know how I was going to feel, but I remember hearing people talk about the, you know, that 20 mile mark, how for some reason that's like the, the point where your brain just is like, I can't go on. And I, and I remember getting to that point and that was the furthest I had ever run because the furthest I had ever run before this, even in training runs was 13 miles. So I was like, and now I'm suddenly going to go 32 miles. So, you know, that was a big thing, but I had to keep relying on the fact that, yeah, and I didn't get all the training runs in that I needed for this specific day, but I did a lot of the work and I just mm-hmm. felt confident in that. And I practiced the time on my feet aspect mm-hmm. and just really being 
as efficient as I could about, you know, there's times where I'd say, okay, I'm just going to go out for two hours today. It's not about the distance. It's about the time. I'm going to go out and hit a, hit some trails. And I you know, just did a trail over and over again. So I was like, okay, now I know what it feels like <laughs> to run the same trail, walk it for a bit, do this, do that, and and not have it be a big thing. Um, well, I think that's an important thing is, is you know, having that bank of training to pull from, right? Like it, it's, you're not going to hit every training a hundred percent, every session or the whole plan a hundred percent. So just understanding that, you know, it's about trying to hit 80% thereabout, right. And then having the ability to go out for these, some of these longer runs so that you start to, like you said, build up time on your feet and have that to draw from as well, because a lot of what trips people up is they just go for these short runs and then maybe they never do the back-to-back stuff, which I think is a real missed opportunity and, or they don't do uh, the longer and back-to-back stuff that will really simulate how you're going to feel at that, you know, 20 ish or beyond mile mark. And I think it's just worth highlighting again, because I'm not sure, like maybe people didn't quite hear you. Like you went from half marathon to 50 K, like you just jumped right over. (laughs) You did, you actually did pull a Sarah. You did your first marathon and your first 50 (laughs) K in your first race. So (laughs) that's true. That's true. I did do two milestones at once. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where like at that 20 mile mark, I was just surprised that I was at the 20 mile mark and I was like, Oh my gosh, I actually, you know, I'm there. And I'm like, okay, I, I get where people feel that that's a thing. Like it's a, a roadblock thing. But then I was like, I was surprised at that, at that point, I hadn't really been paying attention to how much have I done. It was how many bracelets have I done? I was like, okay, I've done this many bracelets and I have this many more to go. And so that was my focus more of just focus on that, not the overall miles. And so that helped me get past that. And I happened to t- turn on one of my other podcasts and like it just randomly picked it for me. And it was another running one. And it was one that is more about marathons. And they happened to be talking about mindset. And it was one that I had already listened to. So I was like, why in the world is this even on my phone? And I like kind of annoyed at myself. Do I really want to listen to this again? But then I realized, no, it's about the mindset stuff that I'm dealing with right now. And it was talking about that 20 mile thing. And then I like looked, I'm like, okay, this is the boat I'm in. I'm like, no, this is the perfect podcast for me to listen to. Even though I've listened to it already, I'm just going to read into it. And so it was just encouraging that, yeah, this is a thing. I'm not alone. I can keep going and it'll be okay. And so I just had to keep that mantra of my race, my pace. I'm just enjoying a 12 hour walk in the woods and, you know, it's not about anything else. So yeah, that was just really really encouraging for that to go (laughs) to have to think through that and you know afterwards the thought of oh my gosh I just did 32 miles in a day like wow that's that's a lot yeah and now you're officially an ultra runner yes exactly (laughs) yeah and and now thinking through okay what you know that whole thing of what do I want to do now I do have the goal of that 50k in June that I wanted to do and couldn't, that now I want to do that one this mm. year. So that is my, my next goal. And there's actually a half marathon coming up in February. So it's a winter half marathon on the trails. 
So I'm looking forward to that because I did do that one last year, but I also did that one virtually. And so this year I'm going to do it in person. And that one has a water trail or water crossing Ooh, in the winter. Interesting. <laughs> so that will, be, that will be super interesting. Luckily, it's like the lat within the last mile. Because I'm like, that's one thing that makes me nervous is crossing it in the winter with how, who knows how cold it's going to be type of thing. It's Michigan. Like last year when they did the event, the week before we had a massive snowstorm and it was just horrible ice. And then within a week it all melted. So it was a mud, mud run by the time they did it. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I didn't experience that. So now I want to go and actually experience that one in person. And then it's like a, a race set. You do the winter trail fest and then the summer trail fest ultra. And so that one then is a, a full regular ultra of, and I, I haven't been able to figure out if it's two laps or if it's, if there's enough room in that park that it's just one big, mm-hmm. one big run. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like that's one thing that's not been clear that I'm like, I will find that out. But at the same time, I'm like, I love that park. So I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I'll be fine with it. And now I know I can handle doing multiple laps and, and that's okay. Yeah. And that's like, that's cool too, because, you know, one of the nice aspects about ultras is there's lots of, lots of different formats, right? So you could do a timed, you could do a looped, you could do an out and back, you could do a point to point, you start in one place, finish in another, that's completely different. Um, And, you know, you can vary things up, but I almost feel like once you've gotten especially a looped race like that. I don't know, like you'd be hard pressed to get me to do that, even though, you know, after talking to you and talking to Sarah and and having other friends and people who have done looped races like this. And I've, I've done a version of that with Ghost Train, which is out and back. And it's not quite as short as what you're talking about, but one length is. So you're basically, you know, I'm basically doing, you know, the same thing over and over and over again, which some people would be like, that's those two things are, are essentially the same. But it's, I think it's just the loop for me. It would be like, you know, oh my God. But um, having that experience going from one of like a looped race to a, just a bigger loop race, it just, I think it it just gives you that little bit of confidence. Like if I know that I can see the same things over and over and over again, then I'm totally cool with like, or theoretically, you'd be totally cool with just seeing new things all the time, right? As long as there were aid stations and you understood the format of where you were going and you, you know understood the directions and everything. It's almost like once you've done one, you're like, and I feel like if you, if you do one and you have a good experience, right, then you're like, oh, yeah, I got yeah. this. Like, just give me the details. I know how to do the training. We're good to go. Right. And I, <laughs> with my history, I mean, I joke about it that I go out and I get lost in the trails. But I'm like, I have done that so much because I'm going out and finding these new trails that I don't know. And I'm like, I'm just going to go do it. And if I get lost, I get lost. I'll find my way back eventually. And I like that mm. because, one, I get to know the trail system, but two, it's just, it's just fun. Like, I don't care that yeah. I'm out exploring on my own. I'm, I know that I'm really not yeah. that far away from, from anything, right. but I've had a couple, a couple places where it is bigger trails and I'm kind of like, okay, I don't know how far I've, I know how far I've come. I don't know that I want to go back the same way or do I keep going? Or, you know, just, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I guess I got to turn around or, you know, that type of thing. And I just enjoy that. So I'd be okay with, with trying out a, a full, a full course. I think 
and, mm. you know, learning that way, as long as there's aid station, but now I know to what to carry and everything. And although mm. it was nice knowing that I only had to carry one of my water bottles and not both in my mm -hmm. vest and that I could, as long as I drank that one during the lap, then I was okay. And yeah, all things that you can practice during this next round of training, right? So yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm, I'm super excited that you're going to do another one, obviously, because, because <laughs> I know how hard you have worked to get to this point and how like really excited you were. And, and so I'm curious, like, because you're 50, you did this like as your sort of big, scary goal for your, for your 50th birthday. Do you have any sort of thoughts or words? Cause I know that one of your objectives was that you obviously want to keep doing this as you, as you continue to age, right. You want to be that person in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, right. Like doing the running. Do you have any thoughts or encouragement for anybody who's sort of listening to this and thinking, I don't know, I'm, I'm already 50 and I haven't done one. Like, what do you think about that? I think it's, it's just, it's that mindset thing. If this is something that you want to do to stay healthy or if it's something, you know, I know that there's people who do it because they want to lose weight. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's just setting that goal and reaching for it, that mm -hmm. it feels really good that I had that goal and I've reached it. And I now know from the other side that there was things that I didn't do well or mm -hmm. didn't do as much as I could have. And, but I still did it and I still showed up. And I still did the best I could, but now I know that I can improve on it. And so just taking those steps, even if you're not hitting that goal a hundred percent, having grace with yourself of, I couldn't do it because, you know, whatever came mm -hmm. up with work or family or life and couldn't do that training run, but still doing the best that you can of just keep going and having that mindset of. I want to do this for me and not letting, cause people think I'm nuts, you know, <laughs> like people in my world, I don't know too many runners in quote unquote real life outside yeah. of my running friends on, on Facebook or from, from our group that mm -hmm. I don't know a lot of people who go out and run ultras. And, you know, most times if I talk about being a runner, they, don't, they have no clue the distances even of a half marathon or a full marathon to know, yeah. you, you know, the significance of a 50 K, you know, that type of thing. And to know what an ultra is that most people don't know anything about that. So mm -hmm. it, just being able to still continue doing it, even though people are like, Oh my gosh, what in the world are you doing? Because people look, I don't post that much on Facebook, but when I do yeah. post every once in a while, it's just, you know, cool photos I've taken while I'm running or different experiences that happen. So people are like, Oh, you must be running. You're running all the time. And I'm like, well, really I'm not <laughs> like, it just looks like that because maybe yeah. a week I post a running thing. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's not my life. It hasn't mm -hmm. taken over my life, but it is part of my life. It's something mm -hmm. that I've found the value of having it in there. It's that goal that I have for myself that's not dependent on anyone else, but I'm able to flex my life around it and explore new areas. Like I would love, my dream is to be able to love to go travel. And mm -hmm. to be able to go explore trails and, and do more things in other areas that have, you know, more of the scenic beauty. You know, Michigan is very beautiful, but I mean, honestly, 
all the trails look alike. And like, there's yeah. really not a huge difference where I go. They all look alike, but they're beautiful in their own right. But I'd love to someday go greater distances. It's just not a, it's just not something I can do right now. So to be able to travel to different places in Michigan mm-hmm. and explore new trails, like that's, that's my goal of, okay, yes, I'm sticking with races in Michigan because I can financially yeah. and feasibly, <laughs> that's where I can travel. And, but to have that goal of, you know, later in life, I want to be able to explore more, have a dog that actually could go running with me, not my little Shih Tzu that <laughs> can't even walk a mile with me. You have to get a pack for her too. Right. I, know. <laughs> I, I actually was thinking of that last night of, uh, I could get one of those backpacks that I could carry the dog. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I don't want to become that person. But, <laughs> but at the same time, like, that'd be kind of fun to, you know, bring her along. But yeah. You know, just of finding those goals that are my goals and letting myself live in those and do what I can mm-hmm. to reach them, that that's important to me while allowing the things of life to still happen because the things of life yep. are still going to happen. Yes. You know, I, can't, I can't change any of that. I can't change yep. that I feel dizzy. It's like, yeah, I still have the imbalance. And like the other day I was out... <laughs> at a trail and came to this part where they created a kind of boardwalk across the bog water, but it was like tiny little sections that looked like partial pallets that had been put together that was like, you know, a year ago I would have run across this no problem and just thought Mm. this is fun. But I mean, there's no handrails, nothing. It's just Mm. maybe 18 inches wide and really uh, <laughs> I'm going, okay, with my balance issues of what I'm struggling with, I was like, this is a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. I will now walk. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just going to walk and take it easy. And yeah. And that type of thing. But I'm like, it was still beautiful. It, it's, you know, it's fun to see that and um, just know that there's those, those differences, mm. different trails and exploring new areas. So yeah, there's a whole, like, I mean, there's a whole United States, there's a whole world full of trails that are, I mean, I get, I get emails from, you know, all sorts of people all over the world. It's so crazy that listen to the podcast that are like, I'm in the UK, I'm in Australia, I'm in, you know, another state here in the, in the US, I'm in um, South America. And, you know, they'll send me pictures of the trip and it's just like, Oh man, I want to go there and there and there and there. And it was like so amazing. And everybody sort of feels the same way about their trails too. Like they are beautiful. There's they're you know, so convenient or sometimes not convenient, but they're just amazing places to spend time. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to have the opportunity to like be on this mission to this objective to try to get more women specifically to into trail running. Cause I do think it's just one of those kind of special places, right. That you can clear your head, uh, get to run some cool trails, build your confidence and, and come out of an event like that one being like, you know what? I'm pretty kick-ass. <laughs> like I can yeah. do, you know, pretty much whatever I put my mind to. Yeah. If I can do that, I can do, I can do more. I don't know that mm-hmm. I'll go past the 50k distance but Mm -hmm. I know I want to do that 50k and do better like I know Mm -hmm. that I did it in eight hours and 12 minutes so like okay now I know that that is a possibility for me Mm -hmm. and it's just now working up the stamina to do it 
eight hours consecutively without <laughs> without the breaks in between each lap. Right, right. And but I'm like, that's my goal is just to continue to improve and and just keep going and knowing that this event it doesn't have a it has a, a very generous cutoff that I'm like mm-hmm. okay that's that's doable I think it's a I think it's a 10 hour cutoff on that one mm-hmm. so but I'm like it's that's still very doable knowing that I walked quite a bit of the eight hours mm-hmm. I'll be fine as I'm practicing my my walking speeds and <laughs> learning all of that in the RX off-season program, too. So, like, that's helped out tremendously of just, yeah, walking is moving. And Mm -hmm. that's still still a skill that that I have acquired that I would have never thought of before. And, yeah, I I love it. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you taking the time to sort of to to share your story because I'm I have found that it's really helpful for people to hear, you know, use those of you guys that have gone through the program and like have finished your races. Now it's kind of cool. We have a lot of people that are sort of in that phase and, and, you know, just everybody has a different story. Everybody comes to running from a different place. Everybody's a different age. Everybody has a different set of circumstances, although there are sort of buckets or themes, right? people are married or they um, have kids or they don't have kids or they have demanding jobs and whatnot. So we sort of like, we sort of all have a, you know, a smattering of these things, but we can all be doing the same thing and figure out how to make it happen for us specifically um, by hearing other people and, you know, gleaning some sort of insight or information or maybe a new trick or tactic that you hadn't thought of before just by hearing, you know, other people's accounts of how they figured out how to do it, you know, randomly. So I I do think that um, obviously we'll we'll keep having these conversations. And I I particularly love having you guys on that were part of of the first group because I have a hold a special place in my heart for all of you guys that were in the those this first uh, round of groups, because I got to spend so much time with you guys and, and really dig in and, you know, Got, I got really invested in in all of you, <laughs> so I'm excited to to see you guys uh, finally get to the you know race day is finally here and for you guys to be crossing the finish line. Yeah, and it's it's so fun just to be to know that like I'm following up with those other people too and mm-hmm. seeing them and even in the people who are not in my group but in the groups after me mm-hmm. and you know all the people in your Facebook page that are talking about their things that it's like yeah it's so encouraging to know that Mm. there are other people who are at that point of looking you know I'm a week out and me thinking back to oh my gosh I remember being a week out or hey tomorrow is my race and I remember doing that you know just those different aspects and just being being able to be that cheer cheering for somebody that I don't know them yeah. <laughs> but you know I can still support them in that journey. but you know what it feels like yes exactly yeah. exactly and so that's it's just encouraging to to have that and yeah just the you know, your your voice in my head <laughs> with a lot of things that I like it's 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 that's encouraging of you know oh, I remember this was something that was talked about or yeah you know here's a here's a key thing that I would have never thought of because I don't know other people that run ultras and train for it and how do you incorporate training into your everyday life that you know it doesn't have to be a big deal it's more of 
where can you fit it in? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I love that I've been able to figure out how to fit it in and not have it be like the pressure that I felt when I did that run camp. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, now it's not a pressure for me. It's like, oh, mm. okay, no, this is the day that's going to work well for me to do a run. And even like yep. last night, I had to do a phone call for work and I had a run planned. And it was one of the walk run intervals. Mm-hmm. And I knew that like one of the intervals is to jog conversationally and, and the rest of it's walking. And I was like, well, this is perfect. And so I just told them when I got on the phone, I said, don't worry. I said, I'm going for a run while, <laughs> while we're talking. And they were like, really? In the dark? I was like, yep, I'm just going through the neighborhoods. I said, but just don't worry. I said, I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. You might hear me breathing a little heavier, but this is, this is important. So it was, you know, it's just one of those things that I've incorporated in and, and I like doing that. And mm. so it's, yeah, it makes it fun to be able to share those different things with other people and, mm. and how, how do other people work it into their lives and mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. everything. It's possible. It sometimes, possible. Sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> sometimes it has to get shifted to another day, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Well, when you finish your next 50K, you'll have to come back and tell us how the first experience compares to the second experience. Yeah, that'll be fun. I look, I look forward to doing the next one. I don't, I don't wish the time away, but you know, I look forward to doing the next one. I look forward to sharing as well. So. Well, yeah, you'll have uh, a few months to, you know, build up all your training and yes. come in, you can share with us mid 2023. Yeah, perfect. Amazing. Well, thank you, Judy. I appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, I hope that you guys found that helpful. I really enjoyed chatting with Judy. She's just had so many really cool life experiences and I just love hearing about that kind of stuff as well as how she navigated her training, the ups and downs of what she encountered during the weeks that led up to her first 50K. So if you're a mid to back of the pack runner, just like me, or maybe you started a little bit later in life like Judy and you'd really like to do a 50K, but you're not sure if you've got the time or the knowledge or perhaps the content confidence, then do what Judy did and apply for the Run Your First 50K program. It's a six-week group coaching program for women specifically that walks you step-by-step through everything you need to know in order to successfully train for and run your first ultra distance race, whether that's a looped race like Judy, or it's a point to point or anything in between, even a timed race, just like Judy did. The next round of that program starts on Monday, January 9th, which sounds like so far away, but it's actually not, you guys. There's so little time between now and then. So if you want to hear more details about the actual program, then go back and listen to episode 116. It's the one that's titled Announcement for 2023. I don't know why I was just holding up my like bunny ear fingers like to quote myself. <laughs> I'm quoting myself. It's episode 116, Announcement for 2023. And that's where you can find all the information. And I, I go through step-by-step step and talk about the difference between the DIY program, which is actually something new for 2023 and the live coaching group that I'm talking about here. Okay. So go back and listen to that episode. I'm going to talk a little bit about those in the future, but that's the primer. That's where you should start. You can also join my private Facebook group, 
aptly titled Run Your First 50K because I'll be going into more detail over there over the next week or two all about the Run Your First 50K program and ways that you can get involved and start to kick up your training, kick your training up a notch, I should say, for 2023. So that's all for this episode, you guys. Enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon. Thank you.